This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not an offer or solicitation of any offer to buy or sell securities. SNN Network and Maj Don are not licensed brokers, broker-dealers, market makers, investment bankers, investment advisors, analysts, or underwriters. We do not recommend any companies discussed. We may buy and sell securities in any company mentioned and may profit in the event those securities rise in value. We recommend you consult with a professional investment advisor, broker, or legal counsel before purchasing or selling any securities referenced in this podcast. Welcome back. This is episode two for Avoiding the Crowd podcast with Maj Sway Don. I'm your uh, the producer, Robert Kraft. Maj, host, say what up. Hey, hey, Bobby. Hey, everybody. Thanks, Bobby, for waiting for me today. Oh, you know, it's it's my pleasure. I, I love just waiting around for you to, to record an episode. It's, it's, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're only on episode two, and I'm already... <laughs> I'm already waiting around for you for. I told you. I told you I was on a conference call, but reality, I was kind of uncomfortable also eating a calzone. So I'm sorry. Oh, so now now the truth comes out. It was that was about 15 minutes of the delay. Yeah, that was it. Was the calzone? A little bit of it. I was on the crescendo conference call though. That like it went a little longer than I thought. Okay. I decided to eat a little bit of food while that was going on. All right. I guess, you know what, I'll take it. You know, look, you got to refuel a little bit before you come on here and we give you a hard time. So I appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, was it as good as the calzone as the calzone that Kramer used to get? Or no, sorry, that George used to get George Steinbrenner, you know, during Seinfeld years. Or is this was it a better calzone than that? Nah, it's Florida, man. Florida doesn't make Italian good, so. <laughs> <laughs> so then, why torture yourself? I mean, come on, that's just empty calories. The best I can get. <laughs> come on, man. We're in we're in quarantine, dude. The, the pounds don't just shed themselves. Okay, you have a calzone that's 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 not good. For the insides, what are you? What are you doing? Oh, a treat. <laughs> nice, dude. Well, I appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate you uh, doing uh, episode two today. That you came back to do this. That you weren't uh, so annoyed with me from our first one. And uh, and also thank thank you everybody that listened to the first episode. I promise uh, there's going to be a lot more than just me giving Maj a ton of shit every week. I, I really I swear. Even though he he get he, he asked for it. It's not it's not my fault. He asked he asked for the shit. I, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> so that. I, I figured so respect your elders, I, man. what respect your elders <laughs> this is true i'm so sorry i take it i take everything i said back you know you you eat that calzone um <laughs> but anyways man but uh how, how you doing after last week i uh look at the same time i hope nobody's sick of you not only do the, the episode then you you also moderated a panel last week i mean this was uh this was a, a lot of maj last week it was fun, man. You know, I, I, was, I would guess uh, your your conference was good. I mean, I had a few companies that I like. Um, I guess we'll talk about. So that that was good. So yeah, it was been a busy week last week. That's for sure. And you also said offline that how's your back doing? You apparently also threw your back out with the calzone, or is this that's a different that's a different thing. That's a different thing. Lifting the calzone, and I threw it out last Tuesday. Just tying my shoe. But I did deadlifts the day before, so that's what I'm going to go with when I'm out in bars and stuff. You <laughs> deadlifts like just like just your own weight, just doing your deadlifts with your shoes, and that's just, what, looking, that's what just looking tough. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, oh my gosh, we're we're a mess. We're gonna we're gonna sort you out though soon. But yeah, let's get to business, man. Um, in the last uh, since last week, we didn't um, talk about 
your most recent weekly wrap up. I wanted to cover that with you real quick. So you, uh, it, on August 2nd, you put out in your weekly newsletter about should you practice diversification or concentration when you invest? And this is just the, the age old question that we all love to ask and the time art tradition of podcasts and investing media talking about diversification versus concentration. So I figured, uh, you know, why not give Maj's two cents? Um, so floor is yours, man. You want to uh, kick it off, give your two cents and, and go through some of your thoughts on this? Yeah. And, and as a reminder of uh, every Sunday, geo investing, we write a weekly wrap up email that goes into everything we did during the week and also includes some stuff we didn't talk about that comes into our research pipeline or stocks we're looking maybe to buy or, or adjust our positions in. And we usually kick off that weekly email with an introduction with some, maybe some educational stuff, sometimes a pick. But um, the topic last week, the two, uh, last Sunday, was about diversification versus um, concentration. And really, I, I know it's, I don't think there's any right answer to that. You know, so I don't, I kind of get like a little annoyed when some people say, oh, the concentration is the only way to go, diversification is the only way to go. It really, a lot of it depends on the person's personality, your own investing style, and um, even the market environment. Sometimes diversification works good, and sometimes concentration might work good, uh, depending on, um, the, you know, the, how, if your style of stock picking is in favor, not in favor, or just as you're trying new strategies. So one thing that kind of irked me a little bit is, you know, Buffett's always, I mean, is out there and, you know, talk, well, the, the, the common theme is that Buffett is this um, investor who, just like thinks you know diversification is for you know the ignorance. He has a I guess he has a quote that's quote uh, um, where in, in fact if you are doing your research according to Warren Buffett's uh, there's no need for diversification at all. The 1996 Berkshire Hathaway annual meeting of shareholders, Buffett declared that diversification is a protection against ignorance. And I think a lot of times that's you know that's kind of quoted out there and, and people talking about it. But actually, when you go back and look at some of Buffett's um, a, a, an older video from Buffett, he, not, he actually talks about, he kind of qualifies that. You know, if, if you're, you know, a, a, the average investor may be not really intense on doing research, just want to go there and invest and get get, um, get exposure to the market, diversification is definitely what you should be looking at. He's like maybe 98% of the people, you know, should be doing that. You know, if you're um, not really looking at stock picking or doing big, big uh, research in the stocks you're buying, maybe you buy index funds, buy mutual funds. So then I got it. I got what he was saying. Um, to some degree, but he's saying if you are going to take a step, for example, to be a full-time investor and um, start um, doing deep research, it doesn't make sense to have more than like a few stocks and continue to invest in those stocks if, if, the, if, it's, if it's the right company. So you would say like, it doesn't make sense maybe adding a fourth stock to your portfolio if the other, if the other three stocks are still as good or getting better. You put more money into that, you know, those three stocks. That's kind of what you know, his mantra was, which I still want to see what he's saying, but again, you know, diversification versus concentration also depends on your personality. I mean, I think it's, you know, Peter Lynch owned, you know, hundreds of stocks. And so he, she proved that you can make money um, with a diversified portfolio. Uh, I think it really all comes down to um, you know, how well you are as an investor, you know, and if you can find that many good stocks and your personality. So it's, it's really the cowboy mentality to be this concentrated investor. It's cool to say I'm a concentrated investor. I own, you know, three, four or five stocks and that's it. But you know, it's, you know, it's great if they go up, but if you're wrong, right. I mean, on a, on a very concentrated, let's say you only have two, three stocks and you end up being wrong, you know, COVID hits and all of a sudden all your stocks are 
you know, going to get hurt because of COVID, then you, or maybe long term, um, then your portfolio is destroyed. So you got to think about those things. And you also got to think about your personality. I mean, being a concentrated investor means you have to have, you know, incredible nerves of steel to maybe be able to ride out, you know, bad times in two, three stocks where you don't have a lot of diversification in your portfolio to be able to, uh, to offset that out. So you have, you know, so I think a, a, a good kind of, and I talk about it in the article, a, a good type of number, I think, I think it's five to 12 stocks, maybe five to 10, somewhere in that range, um, depending on where you are. So, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, if you have a high tolerance for risk, maybe five stocks is good for your core long-term portfolio. You know, if, if you're not, maybe go to 12 stocks. So you have a little more diversification. Um, so you, um, and that's kind of the way I look at it. But, you know, you look at Peter Lynch again, and, you know, he was able to make average 29% a year for 13 years, you know, on a multi-billion dollar fund with, you know, hundreds of stocks in his portfolio. So it is possible to do well and beat the market. Um, but I think just the point I want to make again, but I understand now, where, you know, you, you understand where Buffett's coming from, right? So I was... When I was when I first saw that protection against ignorance quote years ago, I was like, you know what? You know, I was pretty pissed off. What are you talking about? And then when I saw his previous video about him qualifying it, I understood what he was talking about. But again, so either one's going to work. And Buffett's going to been a great, you know, he's a great investor. Lynch is a great investor. This whole, you find the style you're you're comfortable with and go with it. Now, in terms of um, Myself, as I, as I invested over time, uh, I've become more of a concentrated investor. There was a time where I owned like 300 stocks when I first started investing, you know, like three years ago or so. And um, as I moved, to, as I was, I was a lot more short term back then. So I was a lot of doing a lot of flipping and stuff and still buying high quality companies, but a lot of turnover. And I wasn't really as good at analyzing companies. So, um, and there was no need for me to really um, concentrate because it was, you could just, it was, it was, that was a great time investing during that time, you know, back in the, like, the 90s and stuff. You just had a lot of great stocks. It was less skill and more just, you know, everything going up uh, and even most of the 2000 area. Um, but then 2008 came along and you had, you know, we had the recession and um, a lot of that strategy wasn't working anymore. And it forced me to dig a lot deeper into companies. And I really started enjoying doing that and looking at stocks from a longer term perspective and looking at wealth creation as a longer term perspective perspective. And um, I'm convinced that, you know, finding you know, that, that core that you like, 5 to 12, of great long-term companies that, you know, that you, you're going to be able to handle volatility in the market. Um, and then around that, you know, these short-term, maybe a lot more short-term plays if you want to, especially if you're a full-time investor and you're trying to make some extra income on the side. That's kind of what we talk about in, in the article a little bit, and I go a little deeper into it. Um, but again, it all comes down to find your own, what we connect with, experiment with things. And I think either way works, you know, you can be a concentrated investor or diversified investor, either way works, but understand the pros and cons of both. So I think it's important. So Maj, one, one quick follow-up to this is, and I don't know if this has been talked about on other podcasts, I'm sure it has been, um, but are there different personality traits that you think work better for having a successful diversified portfolio versus a, a successful concentrated portfolio? I think, I think the key, you know, I, I read, I'm, I, I'm not an expert on personality traits. I wouldn't know how to answer that in that way, but I do know this, or, or, or I feel this is the case is that the better you are doing research and the more you dig into the companies you own, you know, the more concentrated you can be to some degree, because you know, you're, you're basically flushing out that risk by understanding your risks and really getting into a company. And you know, the less, 
the older you are doing research, you know, the more you might want to protect against unforeseen events in your portfolio by having a little diversification. Um, you know, and look, I mean, and also just point out this too, by the way, you have, you know, 200 stocks or five stocks, when the market's crashing, you know, they're all going to go, it doesn't, you, you might lose. Doesn't matter. Yeah. So in either case, you know, you have to be emotionally strong to handle those things and do things to help you um, understand, you know, cope through that. Just a little more risk in a constructed portfolio if you're wrong in your research that, you know, you get that you can be decimated to some degree. Um, you know, over my, I'm just lucky enough that I've, yeah, I've always had some diversification. So I've had a really bad stock pick or two. I've been lucky enough, knock on wood, that the other stocks, you know, that had were more offset those things. And that's because the, the nature of how that works. When you lose stock, you can only can lose 100%. You make money, it's infinite. You know, so you don't need as many. Absolutely. And, and might I request, will you stop hitting the damn table every time you make knocking, a point? I was knocking on wood. Oh, that was not, you knocked on wood every time you said something? I mean, geez, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> you stop hitting the desk. I, I mean, appreciate the, desk. the passion. I appreciate <laughs> your passion. Here, look, this is how it sounds. That's, That's really? how it sounds. Yeah. That's coming from, man. Must be, you. Must be you. It is not, no, it's not me. It's you. <laughs> All right, man. I want to get to your. I want to get to your letter from yesterday that you posted. Um, you know, it, it wasn't so thematic, but you you let uh, your uh, everybody know that you have an interview coming up that you just did with uh, the Gladiator HC. Uh, that's at the Gladiator HC on Twitter. Um, I actually just did an interview with him on the on uh, Planet Microcap, and he's an awesome awesome interview. Like one one really really a, a good one. And so uh, I, I'm not sure. Did he publish it yet? I, I don't think so. I think he's publishing it tonight. Tonight? Oh, okay. So everyone will be able to check that out. We'll, I'll put a link to it in, in, the, in the description. of If it's live, I'll, I'll put it in the description. But uh, yeah, so I invite everybody to go check that out. You also mentioned in this newsletter, uh, four new stocks enter uh, the research pipeline for GEO. So uh, you want to get into this a little bit? Yeah, sure. Like, um, like I said earlier, that so this weekly, the weekly email usually has this intro, and then we talk about research pipeline, new ideas, and sometimes we're light on the weekends, you know, and sometimes we have heavy research. This is one weekend where we had four stocks we wanted to take a closer look at. Um, and um, two of them came from your actual, your conference, some one-on-ones I had at your conference, uh, Oblong, I think OBLG, and the other one is Thunderbird, is it um, Entertainment? I think is the name of the company there. It's a, that was a, uh, it's a TBHRF or THBRF. Let me say TBRD on the venture. Yeah. Full disclosure, I'm not a shareholder in either of these companies. And I am not in either of those yet. Um, I'm trying to get them here. Interesting. Well, what, uh, yeah, so you have a symbol. Maybe you have a symbol in front of you. you, you, you there's, a, there's a four level, there's an OTC symbol too. Or a, um, yeah, so, yeah, so on the venture, it's TBRD.V, and then on OTC, it's THBRF. Yeah, so let me, let me pull that up real quick. Um, I don't have that quite in front of me yet. Um, give me a second, Bobby. I guess, I'll, I guess I'll have to fill time here or and or edit. I'm not sure. Maybe I'll just keep in the fact that I'll say I'm going to edit it and not edit it. Thank you. Or, or just pretend I'm in the barrel right here while you're doing your you're on you're being so unprepared for our podcast today this is so, true 
for those just listening to this, uh, my screenshot is me inside <laughs> of a perfect barrel, which I wish and hope to be surfing at some point this week because there's finally some swell that's hitting Southern California. Yeah, so nice. I got it up here. Actually, well, I can do that. Actually, I mean, even the stocks we we covered a lot of stocks this email besides that we covered a Asian information software AIFS, which is a library software management company, high recurring revenue. We uh, mechanical technology MKTY defense company, uh, KRMV IEC, which they did they come to your conference or not? They did not. They weren't there, right? Yeah, really love that company. Um, EDUC EML. So we covered, we already, we had covered those during the week and then we decided to add four more symbols in the mix here. We do that to not to be very early in our transparency with our membership base. Hey, these stocks are entering our pipeline. And then every day or every week, or we start kind of feeding our due diligence to our members, what we're finding on these things. And then if, if we wanted to start, you know, building a position in them. So again, OBLG, you know, it's, a, it's a video collaboration company where they um, they offer tools uh, uh, to help companies um, during video conferencing and these kind of things. And that was, you know, it's a turnaround company, and we have they have a new CEO and trying to turn the company around. They haven't had great success, I think, in the past growing the company profitably. And this uh, CEO thinks he can do that. So you know, it's a pretty hot hot sector now. You know, it's not you it's not UCAS Unified Communication as a service, but to that same area of kind of, you know, remote working kind of thing. So I'm kind of by that to learn more about that. The other one was TBHRF. It's a profitable company that provides content to streaming services like Netflix, for example, and um, THBRF. And they are profitable. Um, and I, I really enjoyed that interview. And it, they've been growing revenues pretty steadily. They're profitable. And it appears that growth may accelerate. Um, the CEO had a really good um, handle on capital structure and really believes in preserving, um, you know, shareholder value by not, you know, diluting shareholders. I like that. Really get into that a little bit. Um, so that was good there. And then we had a uh, video display court, VIDE. It's a company I followed years ago and never really got things going. Um, it's a video display products um, and panels. And uh, they, ha they have, I don't know much about it. You know, it's, it's changed so much, but. I noticed in a, I took a quick peek at it. And I, 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 I wasn't going to put it in the, in the email, but I said, you know what, let me, let me get people ready for it. Because it was some information arbitrage. They don't um, really release any press releases. So I found some information in a, in a their 10Q and 10K talking about their turnaround, which seems pretty interesting. And so I'm going to dig into what's going on there. I think they might be um, strengthening their relationship with the government and getting new contracts there and higher margin products. Uh, I want to see if there's a COVID play here um, because of. The video display type of advertising. I don't know. I really don't know. I can't tell you, but definitely they are trying to reinvent themselves. And I, and uh, they had a pretty decent quarter uh, improvement in revenue, and I think their loss was reduced. So you have to excuse me for not knowing much about it, but that's what we do too. We even bring these companies in really early before we dug into it. Just a lot of times our members help us dig into it, or a member might recognize a symbol shoot us an email and say, hey, like there were even OBLG, one of um, our members say, hey, by the way, well, I wrote a, they wrote the stock up. So they sent me their notes. I'm taking a look at that right now. So, you know, we like the collaboration among our members. So that's, you know, in the next few weeks, we'll be um, bringing some due diligence to that. Um, and regarding AIFS, as AIFS, which is the um, earlier, I mentioned it earlier, the library management software company, 
we have a full article on that we're publishing soon. Uh, but there's loose ends for time there. And uh, we have some problems in, in finding out how many libraries have adopted, I mean, how many states have adopted some of their solutions. There's some kind of contradictory information on their website versus my first interview a while ago. So before we publish a report, we're trying to kind of dig into that a little bit. That'll be an interesting company to discuss maybe on one of your next few next podcasts. You know, I'm one of your next, this is your show. So I'm one of your, I'm oh. one of your, one of your next episode. <laughs> I know this is still new for you. So getting used to it. I, I feel, I can feel, I feel you're, you're getting your bearings. It's good. I like it. So, so, I mean, was there anything in particular about these companies that stood out to you or you kind of just went through them more or less? Well, I mean, on, on, well, on the ones in your conference, yeah, I mean, it, well, at least on, oh, uh, what impressed me with the TBHRF, Thunderbird was, uh, again, the CEO's attention to capital structure and, you know, and I obviously like the area, I mean, providing content. And one thing I had, I didn't want to dig into that, you know, providing content to these streaming services like Netflix and even Disney and these other, other services, I worry about it. Can, can it be a choppy type of revenue stream, you know, and what happens when some of these, how does the revenue model work? How long do these relationships last? So if they're, if, T, if Thunderbird sells a piece of content to a Netflix, you know, they're either going to, they're either going to, you know, rent them that for several, you know, a few years, maybe two, three years, or potentially Netflix will buy them, just buy it, you know, buy it, how I buy it. And I want to understand that process a little more and what happens, what does Thunderbird do if, you know, when these, how, how, how many times like has Netflix upped a two or three year type of, you know, contract to see how recurring some of these relationships can be, you know, and it, it, this, if you, if you don't have a good pipeline, you can get, you start getting a lot of revenue. Um, and I just want you to understand that Netflix model works right now, that can be a very nice repeatable business that you can easily kind of forecast, but content providers have been, haven't really been attractive to them, but they seem to have a really good pipeline, good relationship with Netflix and really trying to expand relationship with other, with other um, um, streaming services. So there could be a predictability element to this that I might like actually. With you know, this, maybe this particular company in general. Right. I mean, maybe we should do an episode at some point on, on the, some of these different business models as well. You know, looking at content creation and streaming services, kind of how all that works. I mean, especially with, COVID-19 and all these different, not only content plays, but new Zoom-like companies. You know, it's, it's pretty interesting. SaaS models, we just talked about that on the Investors Roundtable last week. You know, there's, there's, it's kind of interesting just to see, you know, I mean, where technology is able to take us in times of pandemic, right? You know, so it's, it's pretty interesting. Not, not that we, not to expect that there's going to be another pandemic-like event in the near future. I hope this is it. Uh, in our lifetimes, but hey, it's one of those things that I, I remember Andrew Kuhn and, and Jeff Gannon even said on last week on their roundtable. They said, you know, literally the week before they, I think, sold uh, one of their portfolio companies. They asked themselves a question: Hey, would this do well in a pandemic? Like, what happens if there's a pandemic? Like, right. I wish. Yeah. <laughs> how many people are asking that freaking question? Right? I mean, it's crazy. It's not, it's not necessarily bad. I mean, look, I mean, COVID-19 is horrible, but it's not, it's not the fact that some companies are trying to make, make our lives better and easier and, and solve problems is good. Unfortunately, some companies die, but many companies are reinventing themselves too. Um, you know, if you're, if, if you were a company transitioned to online, maybe your business is progressed even faster than you thought. You're 
providing a service to consumers and, and making our lives easier. So um, that's something to or, consider. All or, or you're, you know, you're opening up a whole new vertical like Kodak. I mean, they're now in the, what is it, the biologics space or? or <laughs> oh yeah, well, Kodak, that's me. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> but, you know the thing is we got to be careful too is like so you know um what i what i worry about sometimes when i'm looking at some of these stocks you start finding out that like you like ucas for example or SAS, you know it's getting sexy and everyone's getting into it and you gotta try and navigate that space and see maybe the, the top two three companies in this space there's a lot of me too guys out there and a lot of companies will try and play that you know SAS and ucas kind of language just to get their stocks pumped up and, you know, um, you know it, it is, the space is getting competitive and it's really important to find a few to have competitive advantages. We yeah. can talk about that too at some point. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I think that's a good way to wrap up this episode. Um, where can everybody go and find more information about you and, and follow you on social media? Yeah, so geoinvesting.com is where you can um, learn more about what our service will be due. Um, we offer a seven day free trial and. Um, we have different memberships. We have a monthly membership, an annual membership, and a biannual membership. And um, those are just allow you to at any time have a Skype conversation with our team as much as you want. There's no limit to that. And of course, get all of our services that um, you know, our research, our call to actions, and all our updates. You can follow me on social media on Twitter um, at Maj Geoinvesting. You can follow Geoinvesting at Geoinvesting. And um, you can reach out to me. Maj at geoinvesting.com or call me at 267 246 3263. That's his burner account. This is burner number right there. <laughs> <laughs> I better get one. <laughs> well, no, one Maj, no, one's call, no one's calling me to talk my cast. I'm not worried. I'm getting a ton of robocalls now, though. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I was just going to say, you know, we got to get that, we got to get that download count up. You know, once you're getting that thousand downloads, you ain't going to be giving out that number anymore. <laughs> or maybe who knows, maybe you should, that'll be, that, that'll be our, our way, our KPI to see how, how successful <laughs> the show is. <laughs> well, with that, what's up? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. And Maj, real quick for full disclosure, do you own any of the companies that were mentioned on this podcast? I do, and I, I guess I, I can name the symbols AIFS, uh, I think IEC, EDUC, and EML. I believe those are the only ones I mentioned that I own right now. Yeah. All right, well, let's wrap it up there. Maj, always a pleasure. Full disclosure I or SNN are not shareholders in any of the stocks that were mentioned today on the show. Uh, again, my name is Robert Kraft. I'm the producer of the show. You can follow me on Twitter at Bobby K. Kraft. That's B O B B Y K K R A F T. And this has been. Avoiding the Crowd podcast with Maj Don. You can follow us and subscribe to the show on Apple now and also on Apple, not Apple now, Apple, and, um, and also on Podbean, which is at avoidingthecrowd.podbean.com. And uh, thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, Bobby. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not an offer or solicitation of any offer to buy or sell securities. SNN Network and Maj Don are not licensed brokers, broker-dealers, market makers, investment bankers, investment advisors, analysts, or underwriters. We do not recommend any companies discussed. We may buy and sell securities in any company mentioned and may profit in the event those securities rise in value. We recommend you consult with a professional investment advisor, broker, or legal counsel before purchasing or selling any securities referenced in this podcast.